Welcome to the Enoch's Essence. This is the first podcast that we, the Enoch's High School Eagle Eye, that is a student news publication here at Enoch's High School, are going to be recording. Um, and we're going to have a series of these coming out this year covering things like um, people on campus and sports, both school sports and uh, professional sports. We're going to talk about arts and entertainment. Uh, we're even going to have an interview where uh, exchange students that have been visiting our uh, campus for a year, living in America for a year from Europe, talk about their experiences. Um, my name is Jason Campbell. I'm the journalism advisor here at Enox High School. And sitting in studio today, we have Wilson Gutierrez. Howdy. We have Kevin King. What's up? Uh, we have Jordan Murphy is our sound engineer over here, and our special guest today is none other than campus supervisor Nick Shalita. The one and only. The one and only. And th- we're going to have kind of a freewheeling conversation about various things. Um, so hopefully, if you've never had the pleasure of running into Mr. Shalita in the hallway, um, this can happen at any time, anywhere. You'll just say what's up to him and then end up having a 20-minute conversation about something. Uh, And it's very interesting, and uh, hopefully this will spur that in the future. So if you're not a senior uh, and you see Shalita on campus, come up and be like, I heard you talking about X, Y, or Z. So uh, we were just talking before we started recording about uh, Ross Perot. I was telling the uh, students about a book that I'm reading right now about the 1990s and about Ross Perot. And do your best Ross Perot impression. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be president. He was this really weird dude uh, who just kind of appeared out of nowhere. It no was way. you. You have George W. Bush, senior, former CIA director. He's the he's the incumbent president. You've got Bill Clinton from Hope, Arkansas, uh, a Rhodes Scholar, went to Oxford College, had all the right answers and all the charm and charisma you could expect from a president. And then this little dude who stands about <laughs> three foot six from Texas. I'm running for president, and. But he was serious. It wasn't, we hadn't yet hit the part to where, like, there was nothing destructive about Ross Perot. Mm. He just had ideas that were different. And, like, mm. we, we've gotten some candidates in the last couple of years that's like, that's not good. Because he was running independently, correct? He was, yeah. And so that was the first time, I think, in, like, modern day where oh, we yeah, were 100%. like, oh, there's, a, there's another option, and we're not going to take it seriously. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Well, like he was a billionaire, which is not all that uncommon from our former president. Um, but what he did was he would rent out like a 30 minute segment on primetime television <laughs> where he would just appear there with charts and graphs about the economic condition of America. And he would just sit there. It was the driest, most boring thing you could imagine. But it was like this. Like, so I guess what I'm saying is I pine for the days when a little guy who wanted to do big things was the worst thing we had to worry about. Yeah. And you can make the argument looking at the the returns of that 1992 presidential election that had it not been for Ross Perot, that most of his votes would have gone Republican and that George W. Bush would have been elected a second term. Mm. That would have thrown Clinton's candidacy. So, like, that could have, that, you could make the argument that drastically changed the course of American history. I mean, when you're like a presidential candidate, like, your name is in the history. You know oh, I mean? yeah. So, you can definitely, yeah, have a, have a hand in what, what happens next. And, you know, it was kind of nice having a third voice. It's not just the lesser of the two evils here. It's a third voice. And um, I don't know. I, America got a lot of things right when they wrote it all down on paper. But I look at – you guys know what they do in Israel? No. no. What's, that? What's if you're If you're able to successfully get elected as the prime minister, you don't get to take over the country 
until you can build a coalition of all these different factions in Israel. You have to have a majority of the people in essentially what's there, like Congress, band together and be like, we like this dude. He's good. Mm. And what's interesting about that in Israel, you have an Arab and you have an Israeli kind of like faction. So he has to bring warring oppositions together to back him before he's able to assume power. And it kind of creates some tumult. He's been... He's getting uh, charged with all kinds of crimes and stuff like that. and But he's been in and out of the prime minister role for multiple times over the last 10 years. Uh, and somehow it works. I don't know. It's just, it's strange. It's interesting to see those different perspectives. Yeah, everybody's got a different one. So, um, Kevin, you were telling me that last, uh, last time you saw Shalita, he recommended you watch a film. Tell us about that film. Lord of War, it's actually the second movie that Shalita has put me on to watch. The first one was Demolition Man. Great movie. Great movie. And the, what I liked about that one is it was kind of an escape. It was showed me something something new, expanded my horizons. But with Lord of War, it kind of opened a new door of things with current events. Because the Lord of War, what were you saying? It was So, yeah, the guy, uh, I can't remember the actual person's name, but they called him, it was the Lord of War, the Merchant of Death. Um, He was an arms trafficker who was famous for arming both sides of conflicts. So he would go, so like, let's say this tribe is fighting this government. He would sell the government guns, and then he would go sell um, uh, the, the tribe guns. And so, like, basically, like, he had no convictions whatsoever. He was not, he was just tied to money. And he was arrested. And he was imprisoned in the United States. And when Brittany Griner got arrested in Russia, we traded him for her. So we gave Russia back the Merchant of Death, and we got Brittany Griner back. And that sparked, but it sparked a very wide-ranging conversation about um, politics. And I don't know the the Brittany Griner thing. I thought was interesting because, like, I I'm of the belief that if you're an American citizen and you were imprisoned in any other country in the world, you have the right to have the full weight of the U.S. government attempting to get you back, regardless of what that requires. It's not like, oh, well, she's only... I, I heard some pretty terrible comments about the Brittany Griner thing as it was mm-hmm. going on. And so um, it's just interesting that he told you to watch that movie, and I, you didn't even realize like no idea. this was in the news as recently as a couple of months ago. Um, that movie is wild. It really is. Meanwhile, that movie came out in what year? 2008, six maybe. I don't know. Six. Wilson's gonna get on the on yeah. the Google here and let us know right now. Um, this is 2005. Oh, 2005. Wow. Okay, so, so I was born. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll say stupid things on the mic talk. Well, and that this was this was <laughs> so cute. It was before the decline of Nicolas Cage. Um, because this was when he was still at the height of yeah, his he's, game. Yeah, he's in Apex at that mode. Yeah, I well, mean, not Apex. His Apex was in the '90s, but like he definitely uh, he's still a name. But they were still dropping National with. Treasure movies. I think like when was when did the last National Nas- Treasures were? Yeah, around that time. Around that period of time. Um, what I'm saying is this: if that movie came out in 2005, and yeah. now it's 2024, so it's been quite some time. So, what is the statute of limitations about talking spoilers on that movie? Right. So, if you talk about the ending of it, but mm. Here's the caveat. They just announced that there's going to be a sequel coming like soon. They're going to act They're act in active development. It's going to start Nick Cage again, and it's going to have Bill Skarsgård as his. Um, I don't know if it's his son from the first one or an estranged son that he didn't know about, but they are going to be two competing Lord of Wars. Now, B- um, Bill Skarsgård, I get him confused with Alexander Skarsgård. Right. That's the Northman, right? Alec, I think, was the Northman. I think Bill was yeah. the it. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, they. I think he he guest hosted SNL one time, and they had a sketch where they talked like pirates. So it was scars guard, <laughs> and it was like the dumbest idea ever, but somehow it worked. Was that like Swedish? Yeah, he's from. I think he, I, I don't think he, are Norwegian? they related? Yeah, they're brothers. They're brothers. Okay, that makes they sense. Have a father who's in the mix too. Okay, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so then I'm saying, like, what, what does it re up the the statute to like? Speak about spoilers from the first one when they had newly announced like I think twenty years later. We're almost cool. everyone goes back to rewatch the first one. But like last year, it had been how many years since it came out? So last year, from like, hey, at the end, bro, like it's on you if you haven't seen it. It came out before you were born. <laughs> watch it. But like this one, now that there's, there's a sequel coming, right? Like you can't. Doesn't that re up the the? I think it definitely does because even in other examples of what movies just came out. Any movie, pick a movie. If you know that there was a prequel or a, or a, or a previous one, you want to like your, your natural instinct is to go back and watch it, especially if you haven't even seen it, right? Let alone if you have, you're like, oh, let me refresh. On Take it. White Men Can't Jump, for example. They're, yeah, they're exactly. coming out with a Jack Harlow version. Um, uh, That's a series. Now we're talking about moving from a show to a series, from a movie to a series, right? Like, but how can you appreciate that if you don't know the source material? Like, if you mm. uh, and, and Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson, they had some chemistry. And throw Rosie. Have you seen that? Yes, I've oh yeah. Oh, Throw Rosie Perez into the mix. Oh man. Oh yeah. That was that movie was wild. I, I was telling Kevin yesterday. I saw that in the theater with my father in 1992. I was 10 years old. My like head. I grew up in Manteca, California. Uh, in 1992, the population of Manteca was like maybe 30,000 people. And all of a sudden, I'm watching these dudes play basketball down in Venice, and I'm like, it just blew my mind. Oh my They're god, this playing basketball. Okay, what were the names Space of the characters in that movie? Oh, bro, I could not. But how about you. this one? Not just that movie. How many of you have seen War Dogs? I love War Dogs, mm, bro. We were okay. just talking about that, same, which is very like almost derivative. It, it's it, in the same thread for sure. Of like, I, 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 it makes me wonder whether or not the character that Bradley Cooper plays in War Dogs is supposed to be that guy. Oh. I mean, if maybe a caricature of that guy, but well, like, sure. yeah, for sure that concept of a, of like who who he is in the in that world of that movie, yeah, he's definitely like, yeah. When I saw that movie, that opened he's my way up. more confident and like flamboyant and like you know what I'm saying. Like oh, yeah. he was a, for sure a, a more colorful character, Bradley Cooper in uh, War Dogs than that. The, Nick en- Cage the ending War of that Dogs. movie again, spoiler alert. But like when the, when he goes up to the hotel room and he opens up the briefcase and turns <laughs> the money around and he was like. He asks him like, "What happened to my handler?" And he he slides the money to him and he says, "No don't more questions. Yeah, no more questions." Um, like that that was pretty like okay. That, and that's a true story. Those guys actually did that in that movie. I mean, if we're gonna go to spoilers, then let's do the Lord of War spoiler. A big spoiler, but at the end, he he gets caught and he tells this guy who's been trying Searching to catch him the, him the whole, whole time. He spent his whole career trying to catch oh, this yeah. guy, and he's like, "Hey, listen, you're gonna get a knock on the door. There's gonna be a dude." Who's going to be a very powerful, dude? He's going to tell you to f off and let me go, and that's how this is going to be. And he's like, "Dude, I got you, I got you, I got you." <laughs> and then, doop, 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 knock on the door, and this dude is out. Cut to real life. Is this dude just sitting there like, "Oh, cool, check this out." Next week, you guys are going to come knock on my cell, and I'm going to get out of here. Like, all right, bro, we've had you for years now. We're not letting you. Oh yeah, check this out. Watch. And then, hey, guess what? We did. Like, he's back home now. And so, how about this wild. one? That is in, in the same vein, American Made. Any of you seen that movie? I haven't. Tom nope. Tom haven't Cruise plays Barry Seal. Barry Seal was a pilot that was that was the CIA went and tapped him on the shoulder and was like, "Hey, 
We're going to set you up with a company. Uh, we're going to get you a hangar. We're going to get you airplanes. And you are going to fly guns down to Central America so you can arm these guys to fight off these communists. And then they're going to load up your plane with cocaine. Don't worry about it. It's cool. You're just going to fly that back to the United States. Um, and that's exactly what happened. The CIA kind of basically recruited him to smuggle guns under the noses of Congress. This resulted in the Iran-Contra affair. It was a big deal. But there's a scene in that movie where at the end he gets arrested by the DEA, the FBI, the local show. Like everybody co like collapses on this dude. And he's sitting in a courthouse. And all these guys, and of course they're in their windbreakers, right? Um, you know, they're the three-letter three uh, organization mm, initialed, on the back. Yeah. They're, all, they're all sitting there. And he says, did you boys know that the Cadillac has more trunk mm. space than any other car on the market? You can fit that full of cash. If you let me go right now, I will buy every single one of you a Cadillac. And they just all kind of laugh at him. And he goes, no, you don't understand. She's going to get a phone call right now, and I'm going to walk out of here. And they like, they like laugh at him. And sure enough, the DA gets a, a phone call from Governor Bill Clinton uh, telling him that, like, we got to let this guy go. So as he gets up, they take the handcuffs off of him, and he's walking away. He says, you boys should have taken the caddy. Should have taken the caddy. Should have taken the caddy. And like, like, no, I was trying to say it. I was behind all these guys. I, I definitely want, I was going to let you, I don't care. You could go. I'll give you the caddy. That actually happened. Uh, and he ended up being killed by the Medellin cartel, Pablo Escobar, because um, mm -hmm. he owed them some money or something, so, or, or he turned on them. But it's smooth move. That's oh, yeah. always good a career advice. Turn on the cartel. Turn on the cartel. They have no. They're idea. usually pretty chill about things. Um. Yeah. So, I don't know. Movie. What? What's? What's so funny over there, Jordan? Our sound engineers having struggles over there. I don't know. I think this is actually sounding way better. By the way, we've attempted this podcast once before. So what you're hearing is part two. Part two, because part one, we didn't re we didn't know anything about sound engineering. Well, we, it's not a part two. It's a it's a reboot. We yeah, rebooted yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we didn't know that like sound on walls bounces back into the <laughs> microphones and then creates an echo. Uh, and I don't know why they put eggshells everywhere. So we put eggshell up in Mr. Campbell's classroom, and it's sounding pretty good so far. Nick, are you excited that the school year is coming to a close? It hits faster than people think. So it fast. It hits faster than people think. When October comes around and you're like, oh, man, I'm a senior now for the first time. Ha <laughs> This is going to last forever. Nope. We're done. Yep. What are you doing for the summertime? Are you going to Disneyland? I am not going to. On, like on the senior trip? Uh -huh. No, I am not going to. Disneyland. You went last year, right? I may have gone last year. Yeah. See, it all blurs together, guys. Oh, no, Just yeah. take so, note of that. Disneyland is an actual nightmare for me. Why? Just all of it. Like, start anywhere. I hate it. I hate it with a, an unbridled pat. In fact, one of my nightmares is getting the, like, babe, when are we going to Disneyland? Like, what? never? <coughs> never? I will say, <sighs> I, I, I the, the, the one, okay, I went to Disneyland as a kid, went back in high school, did not go back until I had children of my own to take to Disneyland. And then I can see, like, that's the joy for me is, like, looking at my son's face when he goes on the Incredicoaster for the first time. Like, that makes it worth it. But I agree with you. Other than that, it is expensive, it is crowded, and it is artificial as all it's hell. Just, just stress. And you just see this family 
And it's like some dad who's like chasing one of the kids. The mom's holding the other kid while she's pressing a stroller that has no kids in it. But the sandwiches that they brought because they were going to save money. But guess what? The kids aren't touching the fucking sandwiches because they're in Disneyland and they want all the cool shit. So now the dad's stressed out because we got to spend an extra $16 on a bottle of water because the one kid's crying. Meanwhile, it's four hours until the parade. But the wife is already trying to find a spot on the sidewalk that they could sit down because, A, they just want to breathe. And, B, they got to get good seats for this parade that's going to be in four hours. Like, why did we even come here? Oh, man. And some people try to do all that in one day. Oh, man. And then, like, all you wanted to do was ride the one ride, and guess what? It's under maintenance. You're out. All right, cool. The backup ride, I kind of want to ride. Well, guess what? It's a two-hour wait for that one just to wait two more hours to get on it, unless you pay 20 bucks to be able to pay 10 more bucks to get into the front of it, where then you only have to wait for half an hour. Like, what? What? I have five people with me. I got to spend $100 just to not wait two more hours. Like, oh. So we did the lightning lanes. We did we did the Disney genie, whatever you want to so call fast. that thing. And the thing that was cool about it was for most rides, barring three, there were three that were excluded from this list. Most, Let me guess. The three cool ones? Which would be what? The Star Wars one, the Rise Star of the Wars one, and the Spider-Man one. I don't know. So Rise of the Re- Cars. Rise of Resistance, Cars, Spider-Man. Those three oh. were not. So you had to pay an additional fee on top yeah, of to go to the, the front of that rides. lane. Yeah. Those are the best rides. Oh, so, you wanted these cool ones? Oh, we thought you just wanted these shitty ones. You could go on those all you want. That's well, only an hour to wait for that one. Yeah, but I don't want to go on that one. So we, we, yeah, we, did we, two, know. we did two days. We did one day at Disneyland, one day at California Adventure. And the first day at Disneyland, the park opens. We sprint sprint to Rise of the Resistance. Like, we're running. Try running with a five-year-old. three-hour wait. No, we got there and got on the ride oh. 20 minutes oh. with no... So, like, I was like, okay, yeah. so tomorrow we're going to do this with cars. We're going to sprint all the way to Cars Land, and we're going to get on cars. Three and a half hours oh later, gosh. and it was like... Because it kept breaking. <sighs> it kept breaking. And so, like, it wouldn't have been that long had the ride not broke. And it's just like, oh, God, why... Try keeping a five-year-old child standing in line for a ride on his favorite movie at that time Ugh. for three and a half hours. That I bring was, a movie list. <sighs> that's my that's my hack to Disneyland. I watch movies in line with earphones. See, then really you're just having a movie day with yeah, a but ride then you in get the middle. To, you get to really get the both, best of both worlds. I, I can yeah, see you're that. Being productive. Yeah, I mean, making the most of your time. I we played we played heads up. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with this game. You use like your the, phone. You flip it up on your forehead, oh, and then if you get it right, you go like this. If you get it wrong, you go like that. Get what right? So like it'll have it'll like a word will flash up there, like Greedo. If we're doing the Star Greedo? Wars, it's like oh, a deck of cards, okay. and then you have to like get the person to guess the word without saying the word, kind of like a charades game. Mm. Um, uh, it was. Babe, I can't wait to stand in line for four hours in front of this guy who's watching a movie with a speaker on and this guy who's playing charades with his family. This is going to be the best vacation ever. By the way, though, you, you have to bring a battery pack or else your yeah. phone will die. Yeah, definitely. You know, like w- w- when can we get to the point where we have cell phones that last all day? How about this? Probably let's, already let's, have them. Let, let's drop some tea. I, I'll drop some tea. There was a senior trip where one teacher figured out the matrix to like how to own Disneyland on the Disney senior trip, you ditch Disneyland and the seniors and you go into the Disneyland, uh, hotel and you just treat yourself to a spa day. And that man, he lived an elite life that day. He was not waiting in no lines. He was getting pampered and, uh, taken care of. I, yeah, don't walk sleep. back on the bus. Relax. The moral of the story here is don't sleep on the spa. If you have the <laughs> opportunity to get a massage and a facial yeah. and a foot rub and a mud, like whatever it is, like, like sign up for all of it. Treat yourself. I just treat got a gift yourself. card. So to yeah. where? Uh, just like it's like the 
one that works at like most spa places. Okay. So yeah, run it. It is. It is definitely worth it. Um, run it. Definitely worth it. I did run a, a massage envy uh, membership for a little bit because that's uh, that was dope for a minute. I don't know what happened. happened. Like I went there one day. I had I had gift cards and it's I had still like there. I think it closed. It no? closed and then it may, may have reopened, but like mm-hmm. we had like massages on our account, and all of a sudden like. It's not there anymore. So mm. like called corporate and they're like, oh, hey, we can drive to like Concord. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not driving like that. Like that defeats the whole purpose. Then I get stressed yeah. driving back from the Bay Area. Like I want to go home yeah. from here. I ended up having just a bank of massages and I just gave them out to people because I couldn't, I couldn't go use them because I, I didn't have time. But your membership like accrued so many massages per month. So I was just like all the dudes I worked out with would go like use my when we were in the Dominican Republic, um, every time I go on a trip with Amber, we we do like a couple's massage at the resort. And uh, her guy fell asleep on. He had like narcolepsy, I think. The guy doing the massage. The guy doing the massage because she he, would. He he, was, he, was, he relaxed her so much he fell asleep. He fell so like he's like giving her massages and she would have to like like shrug her shoulders to <laughs> like to wake, wake him up to wake him up to get him to keep going. And I was like, so afterwards I was like, and, and it's this is a running theme. I get a great one. I'm like, how was yours? It was not that. It was terrible. <laughs> and it's like, oh, sorry. It sucks to be you. Um, That's hella funny. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of Wilson. You should definitely use that gift yeah. certificate. Yeah. I'm saving it for special occasion. So we, we, we started on kind of a movie theme here. Mm-hmm. Has anybody here seen Guardians of the Galaxy 3 yet? I have nope, not. Nope, I haven't. Yes. No, like no, a, yes, no. There's like a lot of people complaining no. about it, though. Something about like the rating, which I thought was pretty stupid. Well, it was, In what way? Is it rated yeah, P- is PG-13, like, right? Yeah, and people were getting upset like, oh, my God, it's so disturbing for my children or something like that. I mean, what was a, disturbing in that? Well, like, oh, really. the, the, oh, the, 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 um, Some gore, okay, I, guess. I get it. Well, it is. It, so we took Dylan to see Guardians of the Galaxy when he was, I don't even think he was one yet. And, and so, like, uh, I remember watching this movie. It's PG-13. I'm like, ah, how bad can it be? There were some pretty, like, this is the same kid, mind you, that took to go see Eternals. And, and ran, crying ran out of the, the theater yeah. crying. I also took him to see uh, the Lion King live action, and he loved the Lion King. Loved the Lion King. But when there's a real scar, oh. and scar is like really like like scary scheming, looking, like that did not work out well. Oh wow! Um, so I can. How co- did he handle the Mufasa scene? Uh, he didn't because when Scar came on oh, to the swim, we were gone. I had oh, to go get wow. a refund. That's probably like, the best thing then because yeah. if he didn't, if he couldn't handle Scar, then the Mufasa getting Mufasa trampled getting to death. Tra- Mufasa would have ended him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm I'm scarring my child, everybody. Um, but the uh, Guardians why, of the Galaxy, I, is, I can see how yeah, I could see that argument. I also heard though that it's the best Marvel movie that they've made since Endgame, maybe even one of the best of the last ten years. Yeah, dude, uh, as a complete trilogy in and of itself, it's pretty phenomenal. But I personally always thought the first Guardians was the best of all of the Marvel in its entirety. It was pretty groundbreaking. From start to finish. Like, it was an adventure. And that dude, to his credit, James Gunn, now we're talking, he took a comic property that, like, even dudes that were in comics and read comics, like, were hard-pressed to be like, oh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, who's on it? Uh, uh, um, uh, like, it was not, it was not, it was not a major named franchise even within the comic uh fandom like uh it was an obscure one and that dude took it and he made it like the best one <laughs> like what else has he directed other than those three films didn't he also so he do the suicide squad not kay. to be confused with suicide squad and then he did um is the suicide squad the one with uh Idris. okay that the was the latest one that okay what do you think is which one do you think is better the first one or the second one i for sure liked the second one more 
Okay. The Why? first the first one had like it was a whole like production nightmare for them, right? On the on like the stories that came out of like them making that movie and the way they cut that movie and all the things they took out of the David Ayer is like always online talking about like, oh, we should get an Ayer cut. Like I wanna I wanna say the true vision of what mine was. So it was like very like different from what he wanted and what he wanted I think would have been a lot more entertaining but that la- it was just so like the the whole rub of that movie was dumb like everything that happened in that movie was dumb to me but in this next and the last one um dude he nailed it like what what was there not to like in that one like it was fun it was adventurous it was exciting it was a uh, it was fast paced enough like it was cool well suicide squad the one with um peacemaker that dead shot like the first one the first one the first Will one Smith. with Will Smith like Dil- that's Dylan's favorite movie. Oh wow! And it's one of the only R-rated movies that, like, I will like not feel guilty about letting him watch from start to finish because there's really not that much in yeah, that movie. What's R-rated in that? Movie? I don't know, but it's it it is rated R, and I mean, so I was it the M and M song? Just the subject matter. It, it, it could be, but the second one is definitely the second one is, is definitely R-rated. R-rated. And yeah. so, because I I I was like, hey, the new one's out on HBO Max. Let's watch it together. We made it like Struggle five minutes City, into the movie, yeah, and no, I was like, no, nope, yep. nope, that's a little, that's a little too much, buddy. Sorry. Um, but he loves the um, he loves Harley Quinn. Yeah, and he loves that that scene when they give Deadshot a pistol and he points it at the guard. And at the very beginning, at the very beginning when of the movie, the, that whole yeah. scene when he realizes like, oh, this he fires the gun and he goes. Mm, yeah, and like inhales the gunpowder and then just picks up and just, brrr, yeah. just starts like hitting. That was that whole sequence. Peak and then, Will Smith. Oh, it was so that good was before he starts. It was before he started slapping comedians on Damn. the Oscars. You guys don't know Will Smith used to be so dope. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I could have been at a barbecue. So this would have been 1997, Six. maybe. Uh, I, I I vividly remember um, doing the Men in Black dance to mm. like like because he wasn't just an actor he was Dude, like he was a musician he was, he was all of entertainment like you couldn't like the way the year you were born like <laughs> Will Smith was entertainment what are you watching Will Smith in what something it's Will Smith and there it's were iterations of his musical career there was DJ Jazzy Jeff DJ and the Fresh Prince, Prince. like that's taken all the way back summer, and then there's just Will Smith solo in Miami. Um, you know, mm-hmm. off North the sound, Cole, off the soundtrack for sitting on top of the world. <laughs> I never knew he went solo. I just knew about the the summer. Oh, dog! His his albums were were a hit, by uh, the way. And people would be like, "I don't listen to that really," because I just saw you mouth every single word to the song when it was on the radio all damn day, every day. They were bobs. Yeah, but I don't listen. To, I don't know what jiggy 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 with it, bro. You don't know jiggy with it. Shut up. Everybody knew jiggy with it. Because they wanted to get jiggy with that, and that was you know that was around the same time as Snoop Dogg, um, but before uh, the whole faux shizzy dizzy, like before this like is that, when Snoop Dogg was like kind of kind of like ooh, Snoop Dogg was a death row, like Snoop Dogg. Snoop just, Dogg was a real rapper. Snoop Dogg just beat a murder rap. Yeah. He like, was killing people. No, no, you know he was on trial for murder, I right? No idea, oh, no. murder was the case that they gave me. Yeah, it was a whole. He thing. was not just talking shit. He was telling you what was going on in his life. And this is why. And so when Will Smith came in, or like on on the, which he was always there, but he was like the the polar opposite. Mm-hmm. You had Death Row. These guys were gangster. This so, this guy was running over people in the front yard, uh, lot of his own like studio. Like they, they were killing people. And then you got Will Smith. Like he doesn't even cuss in his records. And then you got Eminem, who's talking shit about Will Smith because he doesn't cuss in his records. And that blew him up again. Like oh, that's like a nice nice rapper. And all his raps, they just North Pole, sitting my butt cold, made like a dog, sitting on top of the world. Like you just felt good. 
like all they're just fun miami it's just like doop doop but uh then he slapped a little guy and now he's yeah and i can't go back to the oscars for 10 years (laughs) but like what you talking about snoop dogg for a second though like this is why i love america he went from beating a murder rap and being like a long beach rolling 20s crip member to being best friends with to putting cookbooks out with martha Martha Stewart. stewart And like, 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 talk about a redemption story. And I don't know. Who See, was, there's a level to fame because when you ask your when, when grandmothers are like for shizzle, you're like, <laughs> wait, what? You know that? Why do you know that? This dude made a phrase so so big and popular for shizzle. Like you, your grandmother said it. Like, all right, dude. Like this dude did something. Do you remember the chronic? Talk about affecting the like the, mm-hmm. the river of do you humanity. Remember, like, do you remember when that album of came course. out? Of course. Like that was like I remember sitting in my friend's bedroom and like he pops open his seat like CD case, push the button, little thing pops up. There's this like marijuana leaf on top of the album, and I just remember feeling like so you, hardcore. Yeah, it was like, like a thing, man. Like, what is this? It's and then bad stuff. And like bad, bad guys do. At that time, Snoop Dogg was just like dude who was on that record. It wasn't his yeah. record. He was just the dude. But when who, he comes in, oh one, man, two, three, into the four, you're just like, what is like? Look at this goosebumps stock. This is a, <laughs> like that's how powerful it was back then. Like it was a brand new thing, and you were just like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> play that song again. And then, and then when I was in eighth grade, he dropped his solo mm. album. Um, I'm not gonna say the title of it, but you Doggy can. Style. Yeah, I'm not gonna say the title of it, but that album. Um, Bro, you couldn't even like it was a, such a thing that people were like, like we have to cancel this record. Like, talk about cancel culture. The first time it came around was really with Married with Children. There was a there was a group called like uh, Moms Against the uh, 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 something something like inappropriate, and they were trying to shut down this show, Married with Children, because it was there's three shows you could watch at the time, and one of them was Married with Children. And the option to change the channel was, I guess, too too little of an op. They wanted it out. We got to get this show out, um, and then cut to like. Now we got this guy who named his his album. What did he name it? Well, it's Snoop Dogg, and he named it Doggy Style. Wait, no, wait, what? Wait, you, wait, uh, my kid's not gonna look at that album cover. What's on the album cover? Oh, it's a dog. Um, maybe doing Doggy Style on the. He's in the. It's in a. It, and it was like just gangster enough, and just kind of cartoony enough, and just kind of like, whoa, dude, like you guys are trying to sell this shit to kids. Like get this. Like they were going after this man. Like he was like, and he's a murdering. Get gangster and he's 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 trying to t- and the kids are like and guess what it was dope it was i mean which just fed it right because then yeah. when you're when you were our age then your age now like you, mm-hmm. you run it dog you, run it do you know how good it was there's a group called the gourds they are like an americana bluegrass band and they covered gin and juice and it is just as good as the original <laughs> in a completely different genre of music and it still works and so like yeah, I'm magic, bro. Mm-hmm. Made, made magic. That was my favorite part of Straight Outta Compton is when Dre sits down at the, you know, hey, I got oh, this hook. I mean, when, when that, like, just knowing what, oh shit, that was the, I know what that is. Like, it's the, it's the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Like, you're getting out of your chair. Like, and that dude was part of that group. Yep, and now he's like, we're going to Disneyland in a movie, and we're gonna we're have hijinks with our kids going to Disneyland in this movie vacation movie. Like, I don't cool. think I don't think he gets enough comedic credit. He I was, does not get any oh, credit for like how much he's he's just owned it. No, but like I was watching uh, yesterday on on Comedy Central, it was um, uh, Twenty One Jump Street was on, mm. and I was like, the role he plays in that my, movie. My, my name is Jeff. Yeah, such a yeah. 
Good times. Cool. Oh, God dang. What shows does Nick Shalita watch? Oh, right now we're in uh, Succession Thick, and right now Love we're it. in Ted Lasso Thick. Okay. And then uh, once those are done, I think we're, we're done for a while. Poor, I, poor, is it know. Kaylee? Uh, the girl uh, had her uh, inappropriate video released in Ted Lasso. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. I, I felt bad for her. So, yeah, so Ted Lasso's kind of interesting r- 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 lately because it's doing this thing that I think Seinfeld used to do, right? <laughs> Seinfeld was dope because it for a whole uh, 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 generation, it explained social norms and uh, rules, like regifting. Like this is a, oh, yeah. a, a term Seinfeld created, regifting, and it explained to people like, hey, this is the do's and don'ts of regifting. Um, and we haven't had a show to explain basic like decency and human behavior and rules of like society for a long time. And now Ted Lasso has kind of fallen into this, into this, into this mix where like they have their halftime adjustment talk. And it's really just like um, a PSA on how to act with like today's issues. Talk about like the video uh, show. So she has a, 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 a video that gets released. that's a little inappropriate. And how do we deal with that? And then their halftime speech talk was like, Hey, when you get these pictures and you get these things in your phone, like what's the right thing to do with them? Like delete them when you're done. Cause they're not like for you anymore. Like, um, so I appreciate Ted Lasso doing that. Now last night's episode was, uh, like the talking about the F word and not that F word, but the other F word and why we shouldn't use that F word and what, like, you know what I'm saying? So like, like lessons that people like you would think don't need, but then again, mm-hmm. we got to tell people that Nazis are villains. Yeah. So like. Maybe we got to explain a couple other things to people. I've never heard anybody make the comparison between Ted Lasso and Seifel before, and it makes perfect sense. Uh, it does it, make sense. I understand like what you're saying with Ted Lasso, but I feel like with Seinfeld, it had such such impact is because it's what everyone was watching today. There's so many options of what. Yeah, you can, you can watch. watch. Yeah, yeah Seinfeld. If it was released, if it was released today, it would not be the smash hit that. It, that I mean, it would just be another thing in the sea of endless content. But Seinfeld was, uh, you know, at a time when, like, it could easily take over the the airwaves to where there was nothing else to watch and nothing yeah. as big. And there's some shows that are ambiguously popular, right? Like, Succession is <coughs> pop. Like, anybody can watch Succession. And yeah. if you give it a shot, you're like, whoa, this is dope. Friends is super. Like, these shows, like, Seinfeld um, would be different now if it was created now. Yeah. But, like, so many shows come from Seinfeld 100%. and learn yeah. from Seinfeld. that um, And Seinfeld in and of itself, if it came out now, I think it would be popular. I think it would gain the traction. It would be a, a hit. It, it would go viral. It it's would. always sunny in Philadelphia is nothing more than an updated oh, version yeah, of Seinfeld. Sure. That's all that it is. For it's sure. A little, like they took the, the brakes off of it. They took the guardrails off of it. It's Seinfeld. Yeah. The, the episode Charlie work, right? Oh my God. So good. That's, that's like an episode where the whole thing just comes together at the end with a nice little bow. And you realize that the whole time, the things you were watching from the front end really are part of the back end, but you didn't realize it yet. So you watch it a second time and you're like, Oh shit, that's why he was doing all those things. And that's why he did that. And that's how that connect. Um, yeah, that, that is the new Seinfeld for sure. But again, Seinfeld, like I'm saying is, is, is had this power, right? It was like telling people like, this is how you stand in line. This is how you like call in for a reservation. This is how, these are all things that came, um, we don't use it anymore, and this is where it would be kind of dated. But like um, speed dial, this oh, yeah. is how we deal with like speed dials, and 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 what, what was that? Not speed dial, but like where we place people on the 
on the speed dial because that was a thing on old phones. They'd have like a, a 10 spot. So it was like your MySpace top 10 I was going right? to say MySpace, your, t- your, so your top you just, friends, yeah. And so it would explain like, hey, if you're on the phone with your number two, like how do you jump off to go to number three or number one? Or like, do you use your phone to set? And this is when cell phones are first coming into play. So it was like, hey, is this a cell phone conversation or a real phone conversation? Because if it was a serious conversation, you didn't use your cell phone for it. You used the landline for it because it was more reliable and you didn't want the phone to cut. And these were all like lessons that Seinfeld was teaching people. The bell is about ready to ring, and we don't want you all to hear that. So if you see Nick Shalita on campus, be sure to come up to him. He will customize a film recommendation for you so that you can go out and uh, put you on the spot right there. Wilson, anything you want to say before we sign off? Um, No, I have nothing to add. Is there anything you want to leave the listeners with? Uh, I I guess uh, with the end of the year, congratulations to the ones uh, graduating, and be safe, and uh, good luck, and... uh, to the ones coming back. We'll run it back in a little bit. Kevin King. Peace. All right.